The Harry Potter phenomenon has touched a generation. Is this dangerous dabbling in witchcraft, positive moral teaching, or simply innocuous entertainment? We have exclusive interviews from book release parties in England with Harry Potter fans, and we'll take your calls. This is Jerry Johnson Live from Crystal College. Join us as we look at today's news from the Christian worldview for Christ and culture. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy. I have a dream. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yes. And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. We will not tire, we will not falter, and we will not fail. Welcome to Jerry Johnson Live. For the next hour, this is your place for relevant discussion of topics in the news and in our culture from a Christian perspective. Your host is Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. Later in the show, we'll open the toll-free lines for your questions and comments. You may also email us at talk at jerryjohnsonlive.com. Now, here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson. Harry Potter and the Deathly Hollows. It's the final book of J.K. Rowling's series. It's sold 2.6 million copies so far. Millions of readers have grown up with this series. Here's the question. Are Christians who keep it from their kids overreacting or protecting them from evil. We're going to discuss this with Richard Abanez, author of Harry Potter and the Bible. Also, I've been in England, Penna, for the last mm-hmm. two weeks, and before that, Brazil. But I've been with Criswell College students in England. We sent them out almost a week and a half ago now on Friday night, the 20th. That was the eve of the release. We sent them out with the flash mic. We sent Great. them... On right before midnight, folks were lined up at the Borders Bookstore there in Oxford, England, and we sent one of our students, Joel Patrick, to ask these people waiting in line what in the world they were doing, what they expected from this Harry Potter book. We're going to play a lot of these interviews today, but here's one right now. Do you believe in an afterlife? <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, maybe. <laughs> no. No. What do you think will happen when you die? <laughs> wow. I think. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I think that you'll. I think that God will decide what happened to you. Okay. I think we'll turn into cheese. Okay. <laughs> um, I kind of believe in reincarnation, but not really, so I don't really know. All right, these folks knew everything about Harry Potter, but not much about the afterlife or of the Bible. Here's Galatians 5 19. Now the works of the flesh are these, idolatry, witchcraft. Witchcraft, a work of the flesh. Is the Harry Potter book, is the movie series, does this amount to witchcraft? Or is this innocent entertainment, a la Wizard of Oz or even the Chronicles of Narnia? We're going to talk about these interviews, play more of them later. We want your calls to begin right now. The number is 800-881-9270. 800-881-9270. 
what should Christians, what should Jews, in fact, um, do with the Harry Potter series and phenomenon? The movies, the book, should you shield this away from your family, your children, should you allow it? Should you use it as a teaching tool? Should you take these moral lessons and apply them in your home? We want your calls, 800-881-9270. Earlier today, the new Prime Minister of Great Britain, Gordon Brown, met with President Bush, and he says they agree that fighting terrorism is the top priority for both the United States and Britain. Terrorism is not a cause, it is a crime and it is a crime against humanity. And there should be no safe haven and no hiding place for those who practice terrorist violence or preach terrorist extremism. So it looks like we're going to get the same line from England and from this new prime minister. I think that's a good thing. Today, President Bush said he and the prime minister have been uh, reputed to uh, have been in disagreement or that they might clash. But um, those views are now put to rest. So everybody's wondering whether or not uh, the Prime Minister and I were able to find common ground, to get along, um, to have a meaningful discussion. And the answer is absolutely. All right, Penna, we've already got one Harry Potter caller in. We want others to call 800-881-9270. We're going to jump in full speed in a minute, the whole hour on Harry Potter today, on witchcraft, on entertainment, on naivete, on uh, being too strict. What what really is uh, the biblical, the Christian worldview on this phenomenon today? But there's other uh, important items in the news. Well, there are, and tomorrow night we're going to cover one of them, and that is the fact that MTV's Logo Network is sponsoring a debate devoted solely to lesbian, gay, and uh, transgender issues. That will be next week, August 9th. They're going to talk about things like marriage, quote-unquote, equality, workplace, quote-unquote, fairness, and I think it's going to be very interesting to see the promises made to uh, some of those uh, homosexual organizations. This kind of a debate is unprecedented, and uh, we're going to ask the question, what kind of a precedent does it set? We'll be talking with Peter LaBarbera from Americans for Truth about homosexuality. That's tomorrow night. All right, folks, the phones are lighting up. We've already got two line, two callers, three callers, I think, coming up. and. Uh, the number is 800-881-9270. Your time to call, your time to ask a question, to make a comment. But let's go back to Oxford, England for just a moment. About a week and a half ago, on the eve of the grand release of this uh, last and final book, Harry Potter book, Criswell College student Joel Patrick out there interviewing folks lined up, mainly young people lined up for these Harry Potter parties that were on Friday night. People um, camped out virtually through the night to go in and to buy this book. A lot of yelling, a lot of screaming. What kind of biblical knowledge do these people have? They know all of the schemes and the plots and the characters. Here's Joel Patrick with an exclusive interview. Why are you here? Because I love Harry Potter. What would your reaction be if Harry Potter died in this last book? Um, I'd kill myself. You would, you would kill yourself, okay. Yeah, I'd phone Childline first to use up the Childline, you know, extra. Okay. <laughs> If Dumbledore were to fight Darth Vader, who do you think would win and why? Dumbledore, because as it says in the second book, Dumbledore is the greatest wizard that has ever lived. Wow. Do you think Harry Potter will ever be able to match Dumbledore's power? No. Do you believe in an afterlife? No. No. 
Do you think that praying can cause things to happen? No. And what do you think will happen when you die? I will be dead. And that's it. Crutch. Well, that's really sad, Penna, mm-hmm. to hear the enthusiasm, uh, the knowledge. And by the way, we didn't edit these interviews. These are exactly the interviews we got. We put them in the system in order. We didn't eliminate any of them. So we've heard two of those already today. These folks know a whole lot about Harry Potter, about the inner workings, who would be the strongest, even comparing this over and against Star Wars, which is kind of goofy. But they have no knowledge of the afterlife, no knowledge of mm-hmm. eternal life, no knowledge the reality of prayer. Very sad indeed. Well, this is the rabid fans. So, of course, they're going to know a lot more about Harry yes. Potter probably than about uh, the Bible. But, uh, you know, I wish... That that I had known you were doing this, I think I would have done it here. Because I know that in uh, Great Britain, there's a lot of fascination with sorcery and uh, wizardry, uh, more than in the United States, although this has yes. become a phenomenon here. And yes. I remember when the Harry Potter books first came out, and uh, I interviewed some folks who were really warning about the influence this would have on our culture. And one thing that has happened is there has been an exponential growth in the interest in uh, Wicca and witchcraft among our young people. And uh, it may or may not be because of Harry Potter, but my guess that Harry Potter had a lot to do with it. All right, we've got callers on the line. What do you think? 800-881-9270. Is this innocent entertainment, or is this a kind of indoctrination into witchcraft, a desensitization of uh, what the Bible says? That is, that witchcraft is a work of the flesh. We're to avoid it. On line one, we've got Christy from Dallas. Christy, thank you for calling. Thank you for holding. Which is it? Pardon the pun. For me, it's entertainment. Um, I'm a Christian, um, and I'm saddened, I have to say, by the people that were interviewed, um, that that they don't know Christ, and that they don't believe in an afterlife, and they don't know what's going to happen with them. Because I know, without a doubt, what's going to happen with, when I die. And um, But I've read the Harry Potter series, I've seen the movies, and for me, it's just entertainment. Okay, it's just entertainment. That's uh, that's Christy's view. Christy, I don't know if you're still on the line, but if you are, let me ask you this. Would you agree, though, that there might be some kinds of entertainment? Uh, for instance, some people would go to the races. They say, that's just entertainment. I'm gambling. Or maybe they would uh, watch uh, the most violent kind of uh, horror movie or a pornographic movie, or there'd be my other kinds of entertainment that people would have. Um, is, there, is there more that we could say than just it's entertainment, but uh, some kinds of entertainment might, might not be right? Well, they, they, you're absolutely right. There are a lot of forms of entertainment which are evil, and, and they are immoral and in all sorts of things. I, it's not to say that, that all forms of entertainment are, are harmless. Because that's not true, and and as I said, I'm only really speaking for myself, which um, you know I, I know it's not going to be the viewpoint of everyone, but but for me, it's just entertainment, and I think that you know you people you just kind of have to keep things in mm. perspective sometimes. Sure, Christy, would you mind me asking how old you are? I'm 46. Okay, 46. All right, thank you so much, Christy, for your call. So I think Pena, that's very interesting. Entertainment, but she's 46. Obviously, from her comments, she's a mature or maturing Christian. That is, she was grieving over the content of the interviews. Um, So I think that's one category of question. Is this all right for a 45-year-old Christian who is sound and solid in the faith, let's say, and just to read it as a kind of an entertainment? 
Uh, what about the 15-year-old? What about the 10-year-old that's maybe not yet a Christian or not rooted and grounded in the faith? Because that's really the phenomenon of, of the books and the movies. I mean, they're targeting the younger generation. You know, uh, I think that if you're 46 or if you're an adult, uh, I read the first book back when they first came out, and it was really good. And I think if I had the time and didn't have a lot of other reading in my life, I might have just gotten hooked and read all these and it wouldn't have shipwrecked my faith t- to any degree. But I was concerned back then and still am about the effect on young people because that's where uh, the discernment comes into play. These kids who are reading this are actually being subjected to how to practice witchcraft. It's not just about witchcraft. There is, you know, Harry's being taught witchcraft in the Hogwarts school. And so as people read about it, they're being taught the same thing. And there are websites that go along with this. I mean, this isn't just the books and the movies. There's a lot more that comes into play for those who are interested. And I think that is one of the big concerns. Another caller on the line, Peter from Hearst. Peter, thank you for holding and thank you for calling. What's your view? And for the 46-year-old, it might be one thing. Of course, the Bible says we're not to be ignorant of Satan's devices. Yes. But on the deliverance minister, I know by the name of Dr. Henry Malone, he was telling us that he had actually talked to a high-ranking witch, and this witch um, would not let his teenagers read the Harry Potter books because the wizardry and, and the spells were too highly advanced, and he thought that they'd be very oh, dangerous wow. for his own children. Wow, that's fascinating. And this I, guy was, was a person that was in that religion. Thank you, Peter. That is revealing. That would be <laughs> troubling if we could verify it. That uh, even uh, a practicing witch says that they are uh, revealing trade secrets at the highest level. Uh, How could we know? Well, we can't know, really. Uh, We know this. This show is about the Christian worldview. Again, Galatians 5 says, Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft. And then he goes on to say, I've told you in time past... Those which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Those are stern words, true words, biblical words, the word of God. So the real question is, is this witchcraft, is it really promoting witchcraft? Is it serious about witchcraft? Is there an agenda or is this just innocent entertainment? And uh, is there a Christian view, a Christian standard for entertainment, especially for the little ones which are buying this book? Um, by the bushel. Well, we want your call. 800-881-9270. We'll take your call when we come right back. It's Jerry Johnson Live with Penna Dexter. Generations of ministry leaders have one common point, a ministry education from the Criswell College in Dallas. To date, ministry leaders from the Criswell College are in service all over the world. With the fall term just around the corner, your education can follow this same distinguished path. An education from Chriswell is grounded on the Christian worldview, witness, and God's Word, the Bible. The Word and Worldview focus of Chriswell gives you a more effective witness to a world that needs Jesus Christ and prepares you for kingdom service. The fall semester registration is August 15th, 16th, and 17th. Classes begin August 20th. See chriswell.edu for details on classes and the Master of Arts in Christian Leadership degree. Chriswell students are ready for the challenges of today's ministry environment. Classes in evangelism, missions, preaching, communications, all are fully accredited and small class sizes point the focus to your success. Find out more at 800-899-0012 and on the web at chriswell.edu. 
You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. And what would your reaction be if Harry Potter were to die in this last book? I'd be really annoyed because, like, it would be really disappointing. What do you think would happen if Dumbledore were to fight Darth Vader and why? It wouldn't happen. Different fictions. It wouldn't happen. Okay, the two worlds don't mix then, huh? Do you believe that magic is real? No. No. Do you believe that prayer is real? No. No. What do you think will happen when you die? I don't know. I hope I don't know until I do. You hope you don't know what happens until you die. Then you find out. Yeah, I would like the surprise of it. All right, that's Criswell College student Joel Patrick interviewing eager fans on the eve of the release of the Harry Potter book in Oxford, England at Borders Bookstore. Revelation 21.8 says, The fearful, the unbelieving, the abominable, the murderers, the whoremongers, the sorcerers, the sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake, which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Sorcery, one of the sins leading to the second death, the lake of fire. Is this sorcery? Is this sorcery, or is this just uh, innocent entertainment? Is it appropriate for children, for Christians? We're going to talk about it. We'll take your calls. We've got Kyle. Kyle has been holding. Thank you, Kyle, for calling. What's your view, Kyle? Uh, My view on it is that uh, I think it's just just plain old entertainment. I'm 46 years old. My wife and I raised, I have raised three daughters from 18 to 10. And when we sit down and went over these uh, books and actually attended those movies, we've always explained to them in advance, this is just entertainment. And it's really, to me, it's no different uh, from when I was a junior in high school and Star Wars was the big hit then, just like Harry Potter is today. Uh, To me, this is just, it's just good old entertainment. And, uh, uh, they were having so many same discussions back when I was a junior high, a junior in high school, about Star Wars, and really nothing ever came of it. So that's my view on it. Hey, thanks for calling, Kyle. Let me ask a follow-up question. You said that plain old entertainment, good old entertainment, and I would, I would just ask that question to get about entertainment. Would you draw the line as a parent on? I mean, maybe your kids watch WWF. I don't know, or you'd let them watch Apocalypse Now. Or uh, are there movies, are there entertainment venues which you draw the line on as a parent? Oh, absolutely. When my family and I go up to Blockbuster, uh, we do not rent any movies that are rated R. I mean, if if it has to be a PG or less, I mean, we do have our uh, standards there in regards to what we're looking for. And uh, what's interesting is that uh, many of my Christian friends that I see at church, I'm amazed how many of them watch ER, The Sopranos, yeah, they don't think there's anything too terribly wrong with the Sopranos, but it's you know it seems like a major hit within even within the Christian community. So uh, overall, yes, there has to be a standard. All right, thank you so much for calling, Kyle. We're going to try to sort through this towards the end of the program. We've got an expert pinna coming on. Tell us about uh, our next segment. Our guest coming up. His name is Richard Abanis, and he's written a book called Harry Potter and the Bible. And uh, I think you can kind of guess from the title where he comes down on this. But I find it interesting to listen to people who are Christians who look at this as uh, fantasy. And I really look at it as a big difference between adults or young adults consuming this and children consuming it who lack the discernment, even if they come from strong Christian families. And, you know, I read something in the Wall Street Journal over the weekend that pointed out 
how many years of Harry Potter we've really had and how much of it we've mm. had. It's it's a cultural phenomenon. And this person uh, pointed out that we are now entering the post-Potter cultural era. I think that's great. But uh, five or ten years from now, kids whose dominant childhood literary experience was Harry Potter will be entering the workforce. So some of those kids' worldview is going to be affected by this Potter phenomenon. All right, we've got Bob on the line. Bob has been holding. Thank you, Bob, for calling. Bob, what's your view? Yes, Dr. Johnson. I hear the uh, good old entertainment. Uh, Andy Griffith always used to walk in the uh, bedroom of Opie. Have you said your prayers yet? I yeah. see this as a form of idol worship, and it's blinding the mind of the uh, young people where they say, I don't believe in prayer. I don't know if I'm going to die yet. And uh, this is uh, nothing but good old witchcraft and the, uh, and the form of Wicca. All right. Thank you, Bob. Uh, Bob from Terrell always has a, a comment on almost every topic. Thank you for weighing in today. Larry, let's go back to those interviews in Oxford, England, on the eve of the release of the latest Harry Potter book. Here's our student, Joel Patrick, on interview. Okay, Anna, what are you doing here? I'm waiting for the Harry Potter book. And what would your reaction be if Harry Potter died in this last novel? Um, I'd probably cry. <laughs> you would cry. What do you think would happen if Dumbledore were to have to get into a fight with Darth Vader? Dumbledore would say win. <laughs> Why? Um, because he can, like, do good over evil. Good yeah. <laughs> okay, because good always wins. What do you think will happen when you die? When I die? I think I'm going to go to heaven. To okay. And why? Because um, I've been really good. Because she's been really good. All right, folks, what's your reaction to these interviews? I mean, these are devotees. They are enthusiasts um, of the highest order. They're out. They're staying up all night to get the Harry Potter book. But maybe it tells you something about their mentality. Again, these interviews played in order, absolutely unedited. These are the people in line to buy the Harry Potter book. What's your view? 800-881-9270. 800-881-9270. We've got Monica on the line, I believe. Monica? Um, no, Chris. Chris on the line. Thank you for calling, Chris. Thank you for holding. What's your view? Uh, my view is that they're, they're, they're entertainment. Um, I actually, I kind of, I feel sad for Bob. You know, I heard Bob's statement about idolatry and 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 whatnot. Now, you know, idolatry can be anything. It could be sports. It could be, yep. you know, a movie. It could be a possession. Yep. You know, now as far as me, it's entertainment. Um, the actually the author is Presbyterian, is from what I've been told. Uh, my wife and I actually went to Boulder's the other day and found a book that um, it's how to uh, how to find God in Harry Potter, and she was actually reading that last night and. Some of the things that we're talking about is a lot of the aspects are actually from uh, Greek mythology. Um, most of a lot of the spells and stuff are actually Latin words spelled backwards and mixed up and scrambled. So it's just a lot. It's how you pr approach it. As far as the kids, um, young children, I'm I'm 26. Uh, as far as young children, um, a lot of that is the direction of the parents. I mean, if if you if you let your kid watch Harry Potter and then you see that this, you know just take them in the wrong direction, it's your job as a parent to correct that. To say no, it's, it's entertainment. It's not this. Um, and again, a lot of times, you know, we, you know, video games was a big deal when I was in, in high school. Oh, video games are corrupting, you know, teens. And to me, a lot of this stuff is just the direction and, and of how the family is, you know, and what teaching is coming from family. And that's just my thoughts on, on the Harry Potter issue. Thanks, Chris. Uh, you know, I think you're absolutely right. And when it comes to uh, various movies, television programs, video games, I think parents have a choice with everyone and uh, that, you know, you can't shield your children from everything. You can't stay with your children every minute either. And uh, I think the problem 
I see with Harry Potter is that it was so pervasive. It's not just a couple of, you know, a series of movies or a series of books, but there were seven books and all the movies. And so in a sense, you know, it's it's repeated and uh, and capitalized upon. And it get, uh, each succeeding volume got darker and darker. And so, you know, how do you combat that? And how much does that affect a culture? It affects a culture to a great degree. And I think as Christians, we have a responsibility not only to our own kids, but also to the culture as a whole. And that's why I've always felt it was important, even from the beginning of this, to at least say a word of warning to parents and and to stand against a phenomenon that could affect some who are maybe more susceptible to being involved in some of these evil practices. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live from Crystal College, along with Penna Dexter. We're talking about Harry Potter, the phenomenon, the movies, the books, and the release of the latest book. Is this innocent? Innocent entertainment? Is this uh, good old-fashioned entertainment? Or is this uh, uh, the devil, Satan, getting his foot into the door in people's life and getting them comfortable with the idea of the occult, the supernatural, wizardry, witchcraft? We've got Monica on the line. Thank you, Monica, for calling. Monica, what's your view? Um, hi. I, I tend to agree with the previous caller. Um, from a teacher standpoint, I see this as a really good opportunity in the schools to teach kids the difference between fact and fantasy. And that's kind of how I've handled the book on a teacher standpoint. But I, I have had lots of parents ask me about it. And the point I make, aside from, you know, using it as an opportunity to teach your kids the difference between fiction and nonfiction, is also the fact that they do celebrate the Christian holidays in the books. And um, I read an interview with the author and she actually bases the witchcraft and the wizardry on nothing factual. It's just, you know, made-up storytelling. So um, I think it was the second caller that said it's got some really in-depth right. witchcraft. From the interview that I read, it does not. It's just child storytelling. All right. Well, how could we know, I guess, unless we were really into witchcraft today? Did you have parents who actually protested you're exposing their kids to Harry Potter? I'm sorry, what was that? Did you have parents who were upset about their kids being involved with Harry Potter? Yes. In fact, I've, I've had a parent say that they checked out the book from the library and threw it away. Really? Yes. So, and, and I encourage parents to read it first. If they're concerned about it, read it first before you let your kids read it, and, and then you'll make an, a conscious yeah. Decision. Well, the latest one was 700 and something pages, so that's a that's a tall order for parents to do that seven times. Yes, it is It is relatively simple reading, though. It reads mm-hmm. quickly. Mm-hmm. All right, folks, we're going back to the Scripture. This is a strong one, Leviticus chapter 20. A man also, or a woman, that has a familiar spirit, or that is a wizard, shall surely be put to death. They shall stone them with stones... Their blood shall be upon them. Strong words in the Old Testament about the wizard, about the sorcerer, about witchcraft. So we have this question about Harry Potter and this phenomenon. Is it promoting witchcraft, wizardry, sorcery, or is it just plain old, good old-fashioned entertainment? When we come back, we'll talk to an expert who's written the book, Harry Potter and the Bible. And we'll take your calls. This is Jerry Johnson. Live with Pennedexter from Criswell College. We'll be right back.
You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. All right, the Bible says, abstain from the appearance of evil. What's going on with the Harry Potter phenomenon? Is this witchcraft? Is this sorcery? Is this evil? Or is it just good old-fashioned entertainment, helping kids to love reading and to sort out good versus evil? We've got callers waiting on the line and holding. Denise is first. Denise, thank you for calling. What's your view, Denise? Denise, are you there? Denise is not there. Let's go quickly to Nelson. Nelson on the line from Arlington. Nelson, thank you for calling. What's your view? Hello. Denise, is that you? Yes. You're on the air. All right. I thought it was really interesting that I just happened to pick up my 8-year-old at the same time your message came on about this subject. And when he got in the car, I asked him, I said, well, tell me what you think about Harry Potter. He said it's not true, and it's very dumb. That's an 8-year-old's opinion. And I also asked him, I said, well, what are your views? Do you believe the Bible's true? He said, yes. And I just thought it was just really encouraging that he would stand by the Bible and not stand by something of Harry Potter's nature. Well, we're glad to hear that report and that he has discerned truth from error in in this regard. Thank you so much for calling, Denise. Maybe we should expose all the nation's children uh, to Harry Potter and see what they say about it. Uh, We now have uh, a guest with us. He is Richard Abanis, and he is the author of a book entitled Harry Potter and the Bible, The Menace Behind the Magic. And uh, Richard, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, you're more than welcome. And and, you know, I've actually uh, updated everything that I've written on Harry Potter with a new book called Harry Potter, Narnia, and the Lord of the Rings. And that gets much deeper into fantasy and fairy tales. It's, a, it's sort of a guide for parents. Well, uh, Richard, I'm glad you've done that because there are many uh, folks that um, we've heard from that say, well, Narnia's fantasy, Tolkien's fantasy, and Harry Potter's fantasy, there's really no difference. Uh, Christians love the other two. Why not this one? Well, that is a really great question. And, you know, the, the thing that we need to do is, is keep balance. We have to be careful to not go too overboard uh, against the Harry Potter books, but then at the same time, cause, you know, they just are books, but at the same time we need to point out that unlike C.S. Lewis's works and those of Tolkien, what J.K. Rowling has done, and she's a very clever author, is she has pulled from her knowledge of the occult that she's very interested in as sort of like a hobby, and she finds it very fascinating, and she incorporated a lot of that real-world stuff into the Harry Potter books that we don't see in the Lewis books and the, and the novels by Tolkien. So that's a, that's a big difference there. Richard, uh, she said in an interview, at least one of our callers earlier in the program saw an interview where she said that this was all made up and that uh, this was not real witchcraft or sorcery. Is that true? Well, it's, it's half true and it's half not true. You know, early on when she first started getting popular, what she said was about two-thirds of the book was taken what you find in it was actually taken from the real world of occult lore and occult practices and sort of objects and, and things that might be associated with the occult. And you can even look that up in some of the fan uh, books that have been published, like the Encyclopedia on Harry Potter and things like this. And she's sort of softened that a little bit as the years have gone on. Um, clearly, there is some made-up stuff in there, but a large portion of it, you can just go to the library and, you know, pick up, uh, all kinds of historical books on many of the objects, the incantations, the things that are said, the things that are believed. Um, and it, it does have real parallels into the real world. 
At the same time, we have to understand she doesn't teach, and I want to be real clear, she does not teach straight-up Wicca or witchcraft in that way. Nothing like that is in there. What we have are various um, occult practices, lore, historical pieces, um, beliefs, and, and ideas that can be traced to the real world. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. We're talking to Richard Abanis. He's the author of the book, Harry Potter, Potter Nar- Narnia, and the Lord of the Rings, the Christian and Fantasy. Let me ask you this, Richard. Uh, you've mentioned uh, C.S. Lewis and Tolkien. Now, let's talk about the witches. We also have got the Wizard of Oz, of course, but there are witches in Narnia. There are, uh, there's a kind of a witchcraft and a sorcery in Lord of the Rings and also in Potter. Can you distinguish, uh, compare or contrast uh, the kinds of witches, what they're doing, um, who's good, who's bad? Is there really a difference? Well, you know, it, it's funny because in fantasy literature and in fairy tales, you're, you're going to find witches and you're going to find wizards. They're characters. They are objects to be used to put a certain story forward. And many times the things that are associated with them are basically associated with them so that things can happen in the story that otherwise could not happen. The same way perhaps you might see a phaser or a transporter in a science fiction story or movie like Star Trek. Um, it doesn't exist. Everything's sort of made up. And you'll see that kind of magic, quote-unquote, in most fairy tales. And you'll see that in, in Lewis and Tolkien quite a bit. What is different is that the witches in Harry Potter, um, a lot of what they're doing is, again, actually linked to the real world. So let's say, for example, um, they see, and I'm not talking about you know having Harry make a pineapple dance across the table or fly through the air. That's, of course, it's absurd. But we're talking about issues such as astrology, uh, divination, certain aspects of occult history that they appeal to, like the hand of glory and things like this, where if a child thought, oh, that's kind of interesting, you know, they could look up some of these um, practices and things and get more involved in it and become more interested. Richard Abanis has written the book, Harry Potter, Narnia, the Lord of the Rings. Richard, let me ask you a final question. Uh, When you read the Bible and you've read and studied these books, what is your final counsel to parents of young children? Well, first of all, don't overreact, because usually when we have young kids, you, know, you see a parent overreact, and you just want to do the opposite. And if you're a Christian in a Christian home, these are books that you might not want to have your kids reading, because it could get them curious about uh, some of these practices. Even more problematic, of course, would be the moral relativism in it, where you have the good characters in Harry Potter doing some very bad things. So there's kind of the books you might want to steer some sensitive kids away from. But, you know, as children get older into their late teens and early adulthood, they're going to have to explore the world of literature and learn for themselves what is and what is not appropriate. So try not to overreact and use the Bible as your guide. Thank you so much. Richard Abanis has written the book, Harry Potter, Narnia, and the Lord of the Rings. We hope to have you back soon. Thank you. All right, folks, and we're taking your calls now on Harry Potter, the release of this final book. And uh, we've got folks on the line. Nelson on the line from Arlington. Nelson, thank you for calling and holding. What do you think of Abanus and his view? Yeah, I appreciate you taking the call. A couple of items. Uh, the marked difference between the Tolkien-style uh, fantastic writing and the Harry Potter-style um, and even back to Star Wars to a certain extent, uh, even though that wasn't a Christian writer, um, 
there to me the the issue lies with calling uh that that the evil can sometimes be good and sometimes be bad you find in the tolkien or a C.S. Lewis, that evil is evil and, and good is good, and the two do not mix. And you have a very strong message with a Tolkien or a Lewis that says, you know, once you involve yourself with this stuff, it's going to take you down, and there is nothing you can do to stop it. It will overpower you, where in a Harry Potter situation, you somehow have a, a, this fantasy that there's a, you have control over these evil things. And the other thing that concerns me is when there is such a direct admonition from the Bible, if we're believers and Christians, to tell us to stay away from this stuff, how can we admire it as entertainment or anything else? So uh, there's a tremendous difference between the allegories that are used between the Christian writers and the non-Christian, and I just, I just do not see us being able to use the word entertainment when there is no... Uh, there's no uh, gray uh, water with this as far as divination and witchcraft, as far as the Lord is concerned. He's spoken very, very plainly on it, very specifically, and I think we should uh, not interpret. I think we should listen and just do exactly what it says, stay away from it. You know, Dr. Johnson has just been going through the scriptures throughout the program and reading things to us that make that exact point, Nelson. Uh, thank you for your call. And there are people who read this and say, well, this just presents the dichotomy be, uh, between good and evil, just like Tolkien, just like Lewis and other fantasies in a, in a you know creative way. But if you look at these books, and I only read one, but I've read about a lot of them, there are ways in which Harry Potter is deceptive. So if you just take away all the witchcraft, uh, he, he's not always acting like a you know a a moral uh, character that we would uh, want to hold up as an example for our children. So it's really disingenuous to say that they're going to get moral lessons from this book. I think they're going to have their morals undermined through these books. All right, let's go back to Oxford, England. Let's go back to our exclusive interviews at the opening, uh, the release of the latest Harry Potter book a week and a half ago at Borders Bookstore in Oxford. And tell me, what was your favorite part of the whole series? Dumbledore's Army, I reckon, in the last film. Dumbledore's Army in the last film? When Hagrid in the... um Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Not the Sorcerer's Stone, the Philosopher's Stone. Okay. Um... Yeah, when he comes and tells him he's a wizard, that's priceless. Okay, okay. And what would you say would happen if Luke Skywalker and Harry Potter had to get in a fight? Harry Potter would win. Absolutely. Why? Every time. But why? Because cause it's Harry Potter and he's hopefully invincible. <laughs> but he's invincible, okay. And let me ask you this. Do you believe in magic? No, I'm, no, I'm not stupid. I don't believe in magic. It's just a lovely like, story, isn't it? Okay. I believe in the magic of alcohol, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the magic of alcohol, okay. And do you believe that there's an afterlife? Yeah. Why not? No. No. What do you think will happen when you die? I think I'll be gone. Okay, and you? I don't know. It'll just be pretty good. <laughs> I, I possibly believe in reincarnation. Or like, you know, like, however many lives you have. Sometimes you have, like, deja vu. I think that's, like, flashback kind of thing, if you know what I mean. But it's a bit stupid, really. All right. The Bible says in Exodus 7... Pharaoh called the wise men and the sorcerers, now the magicians of Egypt, and they did in like manner with their enchantments. They cast down their rod, and they became serpents. Magic is real. But Aaron's rod swallowed up their rod. So we know that magic, the supernatural, is real. 
But God's power is certainly greater than any power of evil. We're going to be talking about Harry Potter and sorcery when we come back. Generations of ministry leaders have one common point, a ministry education from the Criswell College in Dallas. To date, ministry leaders from the Criswell College are in service all over the world. With the fall term just around the corner, your education can follow this same distinguished path. An education from Criswell is grounded on the Christian worldview, witness, and God's Word, the Bible. The Word and Worldview focus of Criswell gives you a more effective witness to a world that needs Jesus Christ and prepares you for kingdom service. The fall semester registration is August 15th, 16th, and 17th. Classes begin August 20th. See Criswell.edu for details on classes and the Master of Arts in Christian Leadership degree. Criswell students are ready for the challenges of today's ministry environment. Classes in evangelism, missions, preaching, communications, all are fully accredited and small class sizes point the focus to your success. Find out more at 800-899-0012 and on the web at criswell.edu. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. Let me ask you a question. What did you think about the last movie? The last movie was fantastic. Best one I've seen yet. Okay. And what would your reaction be if Harry died in this last novel? If Harry died, I'd be extremely, extremely sad considering that it is a children's book, but I'd love to see him live and kill Voldemort. I understand. I have another question for you. Do you believe that magic is real? Um, the magic in our hearts for Harry Potter is definitely real, because I'm sure all the fans here love it entirely. Okay, good answer. I have another question. Do you think Hagrid should shave his beard? No way. Hagrid's beard is a symbol of Hagrid, because without the beard, he would be nothing. Do you believe in an afterlife? Um, not necessarily, but could be true. And what do you think will happen when you die? When I die, I think I'll lay on the ground and sleep for a really long time. Harry Potter! Harry Potter, Harry Potter, the people are shouting in Oxford, England. That's Joel Patrick, Criswell College student, out interviewing fans, fanatics, uh, outside the Borders Bookstore on the eve of the release of this book. And we're sharing those with you today and taking your calls. Is this innocent entertainment, or is this an open door into the world of witchcraft? Should we be careful and cautious? We've got Gala on the line. Thank you for calling Gala and holding. What's your view? Hello, Dr. Johnson. I just wanted to say that when the first Harry Potter movie came out, um, I watched it with my kids, and my kids both have given their lives to Christ. They're very, they know the difference between right and wrong. Um, when Chronicles of Narnia came out, I really made sure that they realized that, that you know, Aslan represented what the good that God does. He sent his son. His son died for our sins. And, you know, and the witch was the devil, and she was trying to take over. I tried to reiterate that, and we talked about that. My kids have absolutely no interest in Harry Potter whatsoever. I didn't make a big deal out of it and forbid them from seeing it. I watched the first one with them, um, but there was one comment that I wanted to make. When my son was in the third grade over here, his teacher was the um, superintendent's wife, and she had given them a book to read. Now, these are third graders. My son was very impressionable at the time. Um... That she had given this book to read. It was by the same gentleman that wrote uh, James and the Giant Peach and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and it was about witches. And he was terrified. He didn't want to read the book. He kept getting a failing grade. I couldn't understand why. So I read about the first ten pages of this book, and this book 
okay, said that this is not fake, this is not false, this is not a fable, this is a true story. I learned this from my grandmother, that all women are witches, they eat little boys, they can turn themselves into furniture, into cats, and little boys should be uh, scared and warned. I mean, this is what a teacher gave her third grade class to read. Wow. Well, we don't want that kind of material, uh, certainly in the hands of uh, young people out there. We're talking today, though, about Harry Potter, the phenomenon, the latest book. And really for Christians, is this appropriate? Especially for young people, is this appropriate? Do they have the discernment to distinguish between fantasy and reality? Does this make witchcraft look appealing? You know, I want to say we really appreciate all our callers today who have weighed in on this. And, you know, one of the themes, I think, and the patterns I've seen through this is that with little kids, if they're uh, raised in a Christian home and they're introduced to this by somebody other than their parents, it sort of bothers them. And I saw that this with my own little girl when this all first came out. She had no interest in it, and it was before I even said anything. But so I think as we look at this, we have to see it as literature, as art, and something that we need to be discerning about, but when it comes to our little kids, we may not want to push it on them. Now let's go back to the phones and talk to Ashley. Ashley, thanks for calling. Um, hi, thank you for having me. Um, I, I just had, a, a, I guess, a question and a comment in the same. I've had lots of struggles with my faith at the current time because there's so many people with so many different views, and the question was asked if this was an innocent form of entertainment, but I don't really understand how there is any innocent form of entertainment unless it's something that's coming from Christ himself because I believe our jobs here are to glorify and edify the name of Christ and if we are just being entertained by something that is not from his word then does that not make it an innocent in itself? Well, thank you for that question or that comment, Ashley. You know, there's a great old conservative leader, Richard Weaver, who said ideas have consequences. And the Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And so if you're always thinking about something, entertained with that idea, it does begin to affect your psyche. It begins to affect um, the way you think. But we have a caller, Larry. I want to skip ahead in the queue to line one and to Ruth. Quickly, we want to hear Ruth. Ruth, what's your thought? Well, as far as the Harry Potter books, I think if we approach them right way with our children, Reading these Harry Potter books are not going to make our children any more sorcerers or wizards, any more than reading the Left Behind series, which I did with my children, is going to make them Christians. Okay, we're about out of time. I'm sorry, Ruth, we wanted to get that comment in. Interesting point. It is an interesting point, and we'll address that in just a moment. But let's go back to Oxford for our final interview at the opening, the release of the final Harry Potter novel. And Laura Lynn, what are you doing here? I'm waiting for the release of the book. And um, let's say Harry Potter dies in this last book. What would your reaction be? Uh, I'd be pretty mad. I'd probably cry. If Dumbledore had to fight Darth Vader, who would win and why? Dumbledore, of course. Because? Well, because good always conquers evil. And if Dumbledore had to fight Luke Skywalker? Ooh, that's tough. Probably Dumbledore. Ooh, Dumbledore again. Question number three. Do you believe in magic? No. (laughs) Question number four. Do you believe that there's an afterlife? Yes, I do. And what do you think will happen when you die? Um, I think I'll go to heaven. (laughs) Because? Because I believe in God. (laughs) Because you believe in God. Okay. 
And Jesus. Okay. Well, thank you very much. All right. Finally, we got someone there who had the answer. Sounded like they were a believer because they believe in God, because they believe in Jesus. Well, folks, we've been talking about the Harry Potter phenomenon, whether this is something that we ought to expose our children to or not. I want to read the final scripture today, Deuteronomy chapter 18, where God says, There shall not be found among you anyone that makes his son or daughter pass through the fire, or that uses divination, or an observer of times, or an enchanter, or a witch, or a charmer, or a consulter with familiar spirits, or a wizard, or a necromancer. For all these things are an abomination to the Lord. And because of these, the Lord thy God has driven them out of the land before thee, You shall be perfect with the Lord thy God. There is the biblical standard. And so I would say this. Look, there is no such thing as just entertainment. Entertainment has a message. And when there are witches in Narnia, witches in Lord of the Rings, and these witches are bad, and these witches are defeated, uh, are there occasional witches, as you might have in The Wizard of Oz or Snow White or something like that? That's one thing. But when the witches are the focus, the heroes, the good, I think parents need to exercise caution. They need to exercise care and, in fact, exercise control at the early ages because little children are not able to discern fantasy from reality. This is Jerry Johnson Live with Pennedexter from Criswell College. Tomorrow... The Homosexual Agenda, they're hosting a presidential debate. You've been listening to Jerry Johnson Live, a Christian worldview radio show. Join Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications, Monday through Friday at 5 p.m. for an hour of relevant discussion of news and culture from a Christian perspective.